Hello and welcome to Questonia, the place where we ask the questions that we think need answering in Estonian news and culture. I'm Stuart Garlick and here's Mary Tellrand. And as this podcast goes out, we've just found out that uh, Tallinn uh, hasn't gained the status of European Green Capital for 2022. And uh, we'll be talking to a guest who we're going to introduce in a moment uh, to maybe drill through some of the reasons why Tallinn maybe isn't as green a city as it would like to think it is and what it can do to improve in the future. Speaking to Bertel Peter Pera today, who is a city planner and urban innovation expert, um, who's been uh, working with um, cities like Stockholm and Helsinki on the identity of places, etc. And Bertel uh, Peter uh, has been uh, one of uh, the city planners who are a vocal critic of uh, the urban developments in Tallinn. In particular, with regard to the sustainability of the of the city, because uh, a lot of uh, a lot of the city planners and uh, urban enthusiasts were actually quite uh, surprised to find uh, Tallinn shortlisted for the award, as uh, clearly the couple of last years have not uh, showed that the. the uh, the government uh, really cares about um, the uh, environmental development of the city, but rather uh, emphasizes and promotes more cars in the city, for example, through different legislations and the way the city is planned and built. So uh, Bertel Peter, who has a, a strong international background and a vision, uh, will join us to comment on how he sees Tallinn's development in, in terms of a uh, green and sustainable European city. Um, I, I think there's so many things to drill into with him and I'm looking forward to it. Um, one of them would be um, anyone who goes out on a bicycle or electric scooter or on foot will notice uh, how quite how biased towards the car city planning has always been. And I would imagine to an extent we can ask him about this, but I would imagine that's part of the Soviet legacy. But um, may, may, maybe it's an interesting factor, at least, that uh, we, we haven't quite solved the issue of there being too many cars and cars being constantly given precedence everywhere. We haven't solved it. Uh, actually, um, uh, the last within the last 10 years, the Tallinn has add, added 50% of cars into the city traffic. So all these efforts to uh, uh, that was introduced, for example, with the free public transport have not, actually not led to uh, having less cars in the city. There's more congestion and uh, um, the sort of the contemporary modern solution to that is not to buy more, uh, not to build more highways especially not to build highways in parks, but that's exactly what Tallinn has been doing. And the most recent development, the city council pushed through uh, an amendment to planning issues, uh, to plan planning approval, where all new developments outside of the city centre need to allocate 1.3 parking spaces per uh, apartment unit, which means the city already envisions and forces developers to build and sell parking lots to people, even if they don't want to. 
So this is clearly a step towards having more cars in the city. And uh, uh, there's, uh, as I understand it, and having uh, been really dealing with this uh, uh, issue of cycling in Tallinn since 2011, because that was uh, one of the uh, one of the uh, emphasis of uh, of Tallinn as a European capital of culture to have a more viable and lively bicycle culture in the city that and that also improves the health and and uh, overall quality of life uh, the city planners in Tallinn view bicycle as a sports tool or as an as an activity of leisure not as a means of transport so if i want to go from my home to a library or to the to a shop or to the hairdresser or to work that somehow that is that is completely neglected while the city boasts we have built so and so many new kilometers of bicycle roads yes this is all lovely but these are roads that people use at their leisure time they pack their bicycle in a car drive to the to this place and then they cycle there for sports or leisure yeah, and I, I would say there's a kind of a food chain of disenfranchisement there in that uh, because, because cyclists feel angry that they're not able to use the road in the way that it's uh, meant to be used by cyclists, uh, they then are, well, feel forced to migrate onto the sidewalks where they're effectively breaking the law by cycling at, at road speed on the sidewalk um, uh, with pedestrians. And then at that point, pedestrians feel they're disenfranchised by the cyclists who are, who are riding fast on the sidewalks. But it, it's 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 all a result of um, poor governance, in a sense, isn't it? True. And uh, I think uh, Bertel Better would be able to add on that quite a lot because he's also an enthusiast of uh, the so-called box bicycles because, I, as I know, he travels around with his small children in uh, this big box in the bicycle. But um, I think let's uh, let's call Bertel now and um, talk to someone who, who is an expert. Maybe maybe you could um, explain um, your status as an urban planning expert and also why you think Tallinn should not win that award. Urban planning expert isn't isn't that accurate. I, I I'm not an urban planner. I'm an urban strategist, so that's more broad. Um, and uh, uh, so I'm a consultant, and I I, I have uh, cities and municipalities as, as clients and, and we give management advice to them and and, uh, and public spaces and place making is a part of, of what we do uh, however well why I don't think they deserve this is, is because because Thailand is not green is it? it's not a sustainable city if you look at what other cities are doing today uh, look at the Nordic cities. I think that's the that's the most suitable context to look at, given geography, climate, and given that they are very green and sustainable. Tallinn uh, doesn't have uh, any bicycle roads. That's one thing, and a big thing. Urban mo mobility is of from last century, and it's not improving uh, in any way. So Tallinn's developments in, in that area, in mobility, is, I think, divorced from reality. 
and and then you have the uh, you have climate crisis, CO2 neutrality. This, I think, is has become a hygiene factor for cities already to have a CO2 neutrality strategy. Tallinn does not have that. It has some sort of a statement from last year, but that's it. So Tallinn does not have a plan or a vision to, uh, to do uh, changes in uh, urban mobility and, and it doesn't have a CO2 neutrality plan. So right. those two... Those two arguments, perhaps. I'd like to get into the details on the bikes and the CO2 in a moment, but uh, just yes. just to um, talk about the uh, Tallinn 2030 plan, which I believe underpins the bid to be European Green Capital, um, that, that is quite a narrow targeted plan. It talks about uh, noise pollution, it talks about uh, emissions, it, it, it's, it's quite focused. Now... Um, if, if I were to if I were to be devil's advocate on this and um, yeah. take the city government viewpoint, I might say, um, isn't it better to have a little bit of progress on a narrow focused plan rather than no progress on no plan under no pressure whatsoever? So isn't it better to have this this scrutiny from the European Commission having maybe won the award rather than having no scrutiny whatsoever? Well, some scrutiny is better than no scrutiny at all. Yes. However, uh, should the award be given for a plan as an advance? Uh, I don't think so. And opinions can be different, but I think that's the, that's the main thing here. Uh, compare, uh, I quite like to compare it with the Olympics. If I claim um, I make a plan that I will lose uh, 30 pounds and join the Olympics in gymnastics, do I get a medal? Yeah. Yes, but yes, but then Qatar got the Football World Cup based on a plan, having had no stadia. So I guess that uh, th that is the same argument Tallinn might have. My my answer would be that it should not be an advance, a down payment for for plans coming from politicians. Uh, it should instead be given for proven achievements and a proven track record of of cities having having done something in these areas, noise, air pollution, sustainable mobility, etc. So, it, of course, it can work. Uh, the danger is if we continue the parallel with Olympics, uh, then uh, what often happens with stadiums, uh, Olympic Games or, or not, uh, they get built. It's a massive infrastructure investment from a city. And, and the city officials always say that it will, it will it reinvigorate the, the city, the district, wherever that stadium will go. It does not. During the games, and perhaps in the run-up to the games, Olympic Games or otherwise, yes, there will be lots of life in and around the stadium. After that, there are so many examples, that stadium and the life therein and around it will die because nothing happens there. You don't create any sustainable change. So I think it can turn out. Uh, in such a case, it maybe becomes a, a good idea to give this advance. Maybe Tallinn will do something. But then afterwards, I think this Potemkin village of Fassad will die. <laughs> but that's an opinion. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. There is one argument about uh, um, bicycles um, in uh, Tallinn, where people say... Uh, in Estonian climate, it's just not uh, feasible to use bicycles. So in Tallinn in 2019, 1.6% of people used bicycles to go to work, whereas the same number 
in uh, similar cities in terms of climate um, is about 10 times higher. How, how can we explain that? And how can we, uh, how, what is needed to get more people on bicycles as a means of transport in the city? Infrastructure. Uh, to say that the climate does not favor, uh, well, perhaps it doesn't favor, but it's certainly not an obstacle. Claiming that climate is an obstacle to, to cycling all year around, or most of it, is utter garbage. That we can see in Helsinki. I mean, look north and look west. Uh, virtually all cities, big and small, invest heavily uh, into uh, new uh, urban cycling infrastructure. So in the, in the middle of, of the city. Um, and uh, winter, I can't remember the figures off the top of my head, but they're rather easily uh, searchable or findable on, on Google. Uh, I think it was last year, uh, last winter, uh, the um, Stockholm saw an increase of 71% of, uh, of winter cycling in, in, the, city, in the city. Uh, so, so there is an upwards trend in, in Nordic cities. And I'm sure in the rest of European cities as well. But if we think about the climate, we should think about Nordic cities. Whether you look at investments, look, whether you look at how much people actually cycle, it's increasing. So, so climate, dress up. I've spent maybe um, a day or so in Stockholm in the winter, no more than that. But uh, I, I would imagine that for an effective cycle network in temperatures of minus 10, you would probably need to occasionally grit the cycle paths rather than what Tallinn do, which is let them ice over completely, wouldn't you? Yes. Uh, it would be wonderful to see a, a winter of minus 10 once again. Uh, <laughs> I don't think... I, I, I hope that time will come sooner rather than later. Uh, however, yes, uh, it, it can get icy and, and, uh, and roads should be maintained. And that they are uh, in Stockholm and elsewhere. And, and in, in some places, or maybe it's an overall policy in, in Stockholm or some other cities too, that uh, in order to 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 keep it going, they maintain the uh, uh, pedestrian uh, uh, sidewalks and 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 then cycling lanes before they attend to uh, to car lanes. Mm. Uh, so they clean the snow uh, in case of heavy snowfall before uh, or at the same time. So it's not an afterthought. It's not done a week or a day later. Uh, they take it seriously. People need to get to work that day uh, with bicycles. And, and yeah, ice, whatever they use, they don't use salt there as they use here. They use these um, granite small pebbles. So they, uh, yes, it needs maintenance. Absolutely. Mm. I, I, I do understand the principle of what we're talking about here. And um, I, um, I'm sympathetic towards it, actually. But the, the idea that um, a city that is not green should not win European green capital. But isn't the fact that it's got so far as a candidate city uh, on such a narrow and limited plan um, an indication that maybe the European green capital judging criteria needs to change? I would suggest so. Uh, if I were to be on a panel with these experts, I'm sure they're very good people and, and very capable people who, who the commission has commissioned to, to be on that jury. However, uh, 
if if such a city, I'm I'm sure there are cities that have a much better track record of of, of being green and, and and can show not only plans but but actual things done already. A, they haven't taken part. Uh, B, if you look at the cities who who have won this, uh, Oslo, Stockholm, uh, Copenhagen, uh, Lahti from Finland. Uh, Lahti, for example, is a good case. So so these cities. Uh, there's only one Eastern European city. I think it was Ljubljana who won that in 2016. My my uh, conspiracy theory is that having talked with some of the people I, I still know from my days uh, of uh, of working in Brussels, uh, when I worked in the Green Group, that the European Parliament, uh, people think that it's either uh, it's a beauty contest or either or that they needed to have some sort of Eastern European city on that list for sort of politically correct reasons. So it can be a good scrutiny process there because they have experts on the panel and they have transparent uh, guidelines and how they, how they vote and, and, and qualify. But I suspect that in, as the results are like they are, the talent is even among the finalists. I believe that there may be something wrong in that procedure. Yeah. I wouldn't rule it out. I would take that as an indication that the procedure should be looked into. Yeah, I, I have previously written about Kalarand, which is the beach uh, closest to where I live in Kalamaya, uh, which is the um, a di a di district of North Tallinn for listeners' uh, purposes. But um, at, at the moment, that's a, that's a um, an area being built on now that they, they had that they had to promise uh, that they would um, leave the beach. But uh, at the moment, the beach is not publicly accessible, which means that people like myself live maybe a kilometre from the beach, but need to walk three to four to five kilometers to get to a beach um would you say public access to the sea should be part of a green city's criteria if it's next to the sea uh, no question absolutely uh and i think but it, i i need to check i think it's even required by law uh to that beaches need to be accessible perhaps it was five or ten meters from from the sea line that needs to be public and accessible uh, yes, it's a, it's a right of way in Estonia that is mm -hmm. um, general and universal, so you yes. can't close off a beach, actually. So, I, so I, I, sh I, I should point out for legal reasons, that's because they're building, uh, they're doing building work, and I believe yes. after the building work is done, that will be publicly accessible again, but at the moment that's, it isn't. Yes. Yeah. That's what I believe as well. Yes, I, I, I've, I've been there as well uh, during summer to go to go for a swim, because it is the closest, uh, uh, sort of, yeah beach uh, in the city center mm. uh, but I think that's a, that's another place so hopefully they will it will remain open uh, and if it if it will be open and there is a new uh, housing complex there I think that's wonderful I mean it used to be it wasn't exactly a park there before mm. it was sort of wasteland so it's, it's, it's great if more life comes there it, that would be that would be wonderful well, this has been one sort of a constant uh, trend in Tallinn city development, actually, that there are these wastelands in the inner city. And uh, instead of developing these into housing and into also into affordable housing, the, the residents of Tallinn 
um, flood out to uh, Haryuma, to the districts outside of the town, and uh, there are being new villages and new new uh, new residences built on uh, what used to be fields, <laughs> and that that of course uh, comes with uh, with the transport factor that people who live outside of the city because the the uh, the commuting traffic is. Uh, uh, there's no no uh, sufficient um, commuting infrastructure. They they need two cars per family, and that brings more more cars on the roads. Yeah, th- there's there's actually a village next to the airport called Petri, where I mean I, I believe that village has been in existence for well over a decade now, and yet there still mm-hmm. isn't a, there still isn't a, an hourly bus link. No. Yeah. Urban, urban sprawl is a is a problem, and urban sprawl has has been a problem, and and it's been talked about as a problem for for decades, I think. But that is exactly what Tallinn is, is doing or, or letting uh, uh, allows to do. So cities should be in, in, instead be built more, more denser because if you have a more dense concentration uh, of, of people, then you have more people, clients, talents, uh, you have more you have more urban life, you have more demand for goods and services. Uh, and, and Tallinn is not a dense city, even at the heart of it. Uh, so, mm-hmm. so that that is what Tallinn, if it had a vision, any kind of a vision, uh, could do, would do. But they they don't that. And, and I'm not saying it, that Petri and other such villages should be banned or anything like that. No, no. Well, Tallinn instead should be able should long have been able to look ahead into the future, look at the mistakes other cities have done, willingly or not, and, 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 and learn from that and, and avoid such things that we see in, in expressed in, 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 in traffic jams in the morning and in the evening uh, coming to and from uh, uh, yeah, uh, near, nearby suburban areas. And, and of course people go there if they are built. I mean, People go there for economic reasons, and because it's 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 what I mean. You, you can't blame the people who who live there. It's it's again um, the city who should um, take care of of uh, foreseeing the future and creating it. Actually, there was a vision. There was the the vision and the architectural competition of the Beardanov, which is the main street, the high street. Tallinn is a unique city in terms of. A city without a high street because there is no pedestrian area. Everything is uh, sort of pushed into shopping centers also outside of the city center. But the city actually did run an architectural competition for the, to develop the uh, the core area of the town on Barnumanta and Narvamanta into a modern uh, high street. And uh, there was a vision and there was also a political commitment. And now last summer, the mayor said uh, this is no, no longer a priority and the project has basically been put into the lowest drawer. So, uh, um, I mean, when I look at, at all these developments, I think this high street would be uh, such a remarkable change for the change for the city it would also be a proof that this actually this concept uh, to have more space for pedestrians and cyclists will bring more business to the to the to the center and uh, everyone will benefit uh, so more and more areas of the city would like to develop in that way but as long as this has been put 
on hold indefinitely. We can't really uh, talk about the vision, sadly. Uh, that is true. In in urban planning, there's a co there's a concept uh, called um, induced demand. So build it, and they will come. If you build more uh, lanes and roads for cars, you will get more cars because people will use more of them. And and vice versa. If you if you build infrastructure for for walking and cycling, that will be used uh, as well. And, and Tallinn has very clearly yes, chosen not only to ignore that uh, plan that they have for, for the high streets, but that also would have meant 10 or 20 million euros from the European Union. So Tallinn simply, yeah, there was money on the table and they decided not to, not to use that. So there was, there, was, there was a lot that Tallinn gave away. And I think this is a good example of uh, of the city not only being sort of indifferent uh, towards concepts uh, like sustainability and and, and green uh, and, and green cities, but Tallinn is actively uh, it, its contribution to it is negative because they decline, they cancel such projects, and a, a good uh, a good comparison with with that high street is its width is 40 meters so it's a pretty wide uh, street it's 40 meters you have two plus two or three plus three car lanes there and it's 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 massive it's a massively gray and dull street it's rather soviet uh, and uh, oslo which is the current european green capital this year oslo uh, has a has a, has a district called Björvika, and they have a, a road as well 40 meters wide and they have made it rather green. They have bicycle roads, uh, so not light traffic, mixed roads. They have a pedestrian sidewalk. They have bicycle roads. Then they have two car lanes and a tramway uh, to each direction, both directions in the middle. So and greenery in the middle of it and in the sides of the street. So you have you can compare two exact streets with the same uh, width, and and you have completely two different attitudes, results, philosophies, two different worlds. But the, the newest road building project is Re is Tay. It's the uh, uh, route that was designed to get trucks to the port quicker, but also it was designed uh, partly to uh, provide the port with uh, better pedestrian and cycle links, and that does actually have a separate cycle road. So does that not show a small chink of progress, or would you say it's not enough? It's 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 not enough. No, uh, it's it's correctly described, uh, as you put it, it. It it is a road, not a street, uh, to get more trucks to and from the port, and that job it does magnificently. However, what Tallinn has done is extremely. It's Eastern European. Uh, it has built a a a road, a highway, next to this to the waterfront. Well, and in in a park. Yes, and it cuts the uh, historic big Cadrioro uh, Park from from the seaside as well, and uh, a few bicycle lanes uh, added there. Uh, that's that's great, but uh, instead of building a street, uh, so narrower roads and more space for other functions uh, at the water at the seaside, instead of doing that, they built a massive big road. Uh, and if you look at Oslo, for example, once again, they are doing all that they can to make a 12 kilometers 
of seaside available to people to 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 swim to use to walk by etc and uh, and apropos the uh, the bicycle lanes yes it's wonderful that they did that uh, they deserve no praise for doing what is extremely elementary and it's not entirely functional either because those uh, bicycle lanes lead to, to one direction towards suburbia yes they lead to birita and elsewhere that is great but towards the city center they abruptly end then and there after that ready road construction ends as well when the new old part of the city begins and that is symptomatic of Tallinn. bits That's, and pieces you find here yeah. and there but they begin and end nowhere and thus are completely useless Exactly, and I always find it quite interesting. People say, "Oh, well, there's all this uh, recreational area of Radi there. This turned out rather well." I, don't, I have nothing against the Radi Road, Radi there, but in fact, the the 12-lane highway is not a necessary precondition to buying the to building these uh, lovely recreational facilities. You could have done that anyway without uh, without building an eight-lane highway. <laughs> Um, I, I wonder how much of this, uh, you, you said the word symptomatic, I, I wonder, um, obviously we're talking about Tallinn City exclusively here, but uh, Tallinn City is run by the Centre Party. Uh, yeah. Ever since the Centre Party's been power in, in power in Estonia, and particularly during the Covid crisis, and we saw it to an extent on the, under previous governments under the Reform Party as well, um, we, we've seen that generally the uh, projects that get green lit are the ones that, um, and I'm not implying any impropriety here. The ones that will, the ones that will please big businesses and/or people um, uh, who are likely to be big investors in the city stroke country. Now, how much of that is the case here? Because I, I would imagine, just off the top of my head, that for example, uh, haulage and freight companies and property companies are going to have more money to invest in uh, the city than would uh, pro-cycling groups. I, I would just imagine that to be the case. But is that the case? I think that's a safe assumption to make. Uh, the Centre Party has ruled Tallinn, I think it's two decades or, or maybe three decades already. I don't, I don't think that, would, that that is a healthy situation for any city or any party at, at any time. So it's, it's, um, it's unnatural. And I think um, if you even look at the civil servants, uh, the top ones responsible for, for the urban planning department, well, that, that leader has changed, but the, uh, what's called Kommunal Amet, and so the transportation to transportation authorities inside the city government, uh, the leaders of those, the top officials responsible for road planning, uh, that is the single most so transport that is the single most important uh, uh, department in the city uh, city government uh, the leader the, the the director of it i think i don't know how long he's worked there a decade or more i think he's pushing 70 or, or over it so fresh blood new thinking i i really don't see where those things could come uh, come from uh, so I think it's the political establishment has sort of cemented in in where they are and have been enjoying their power un, unchallenged for too long, as are the civil servants and other systems that they've created. And I think the lobby and industry groups, uh, yes, probably contribute to it. The transportation office actually 
is the one that sank the high street plan mm -hmm. after delaying it by 14 months or so. Well, luckily we will have local elections in one year's time and I hope uh, we uh, can really focus on actually these questions like uh, city planning and sustainable development of Tallinn. Uh, we've seen a couple of private companies come into Tallinn and do really well with electric scooters. Uh, I've been covering that on another podcast that I do and um, it's um, a great innovation. But do you think that those companies deserve greater support from the city and if so, how and what? I think the electric scooters uh, and those companies definitely deserve more support. Um, I don't know what the support is that they get, but from what I've heard is that it could be more generous. Uh, there could be more of those scooters. They could have more sort of these so-called docking stations or places where they could leave them. Um, and they could be more, more players here as well. But first and foremost, I, I think what what the city uh, could enable and encourage them to do is to to be present on the streets um, in the streets uh, throughout the year uh, that can be the decision of, of the companies themselves uh, Bolt and 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 Dool and others but look at Helsinki and Stockholm uh, and others you see electric scooters throughout the year so they, there's no reason why they should be should be uh, taken away in October or November. Again, climate is, is, is not an issue. You look elsewhere, you go further north or west. Um, so I think there could be even more of them. So that's a welcomed change uh, to have, have them. One addition could be that, uh, uh, one final remark to make uh, on the EU green capital would be that one thing is, is about the concerns Tallinn. Should Tallinn be... Uh, a finalist I don't think they even should deserve to be a finalist um, because uh, this now enables Tallinn probably won't win the award if it does, fine, maybe we will see a change because we will have more scrutiny wonderful, if, if that change will come and it be, it be positive change, I'm happy to be wrong here absolutely, however if they don't win the award but still they, they will have been a finalist that means that the city can now answer each and every criticism for the next n years uh, by saying that, look, you want us to do this and that, more pedestrian roads, more bicycle lanes. Look, we were a finalist. We're a top EU green city, even without the award. So shut it. That <laughs> I'm sure the city government will do and will do with pleasure. And that sets us back so many years and will only encourage the city government to continue doing what they have been doing. And that is nothing to mm -hmm. advance a green and sustainable contemporary city agenda here. Thank you for listening to Questonia. You can subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your audio. We'll be back with season two of Questonia very soon. Bye for now.